name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. May His grace and His blessing be with us now and unto the age of all ages. Amen. We are coming to the Feast of the Assumption of Our Lady, the Holy Theotokos, the Feast of the Assumption of Her Body into Heaven. And we are going to remember in this feast that God did not will for the body of the Holy Theotokos to remain on earth. And so, in a marvelous mystery, he assumed her body into heaven. But before that, we have a couple more of these blessed services. Uh, we've been working hard the last couple of weeks in worship and in veneration of the Holy Theotokos. And by now, of course, I'm sure many of you are tired, but that is a good thing because we are exerting ourselves in the worship of God and the praise of His Mother. And I hope that as we finish this fast, that we finish it in peace, and that we grow and we benefit and come to the feast uh, in all peace, uh, and to have many happy returns in our lives as well. Tonight I would like to speak to you about a concept that many of you might have heard of before. Um, it's a concept, um, I didn't know what this word meant until recently, but sometimes you hear our youth say the word FOMO, FOMO, which is an abbreviation for the fear of missing out, the fear of missing out on something. We'll come back to that in just a few minutes. In the account of the Annunciation of the birth of our Savior in Luke, we read the following response of the Holy Virgin Mary to the Holy Archangel Gabriel's announcement that she would miraculously conceive and give birth to the Savior of the world. She said, How can this be, since I know not a man? How can this be, since I know not a man? And from these words, we learn the important lesson that there is value in ignorance. There is value in not knowing. The Holy Virgin Mary's response to the Archangel, I know not a man, was an expression of her vow to consecrate herself to God as a virgin forever. And so for her, knowing a man intimately was something evil because she was resolute in her vow to consecrate herself to God. Women around her, of course, during that time and even now, they found pleasure in getting married and experiencing that intimate relationship with their husbands, especially in those days because it was believed that any one of them could become the mother of the Christ, the mother of the Messiah. This is something that women back then were actually praying for because they knew that Christ was coming and for them it was a great blessing if they would be the ones to have the privilege to give birth to the Messiah. But the Holy Virgin Mary remarkably gave up hope for this. She gave up this hope and she ended up receiving it. She didn't think that she would ever conceive the Messiah, but in the end she was chosen and she becomes the Theotokos, the mother of God. But we see that her ignorance in not knowing a man, it proved to be a blessing beyond anything that she could have imagined. And so by this, the Holy Virgin Mary teaches us that sometimes there is wisdom in ignorance. And specifically here, there is wisdom in being ignorant of evil. There is wisdom in being ignorant of sin. 
In the world, we are oftentimes told to be open, to be willing to try new things. We are told, for example, you haven't lived until you fill in the blank, whatever it is, and it might be something sinful. And this leads us to that word that I mentioned at the beginning, FOMO, the fear of missing out. This is a big deal nowadays because more than anything, people today are not as focused on things, but many people are focused on experiences. And we're often told, we're oftentimes told that you have to have a certain experience to really live. And sadly, almost always what is being encouraged upon us is something worldly, something sinful, something that will hurt us in the end. And this has been the way of the world ever since the devil tempted our first parents, Adam and Eve. He was the original one to tempt them with FOMO. He told Eve, if you don't eat, right, if you listen to God, you're going to miss out on being like God. And so he tempted her, and we know what happened. We read in the book of Genesis chapter 2, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it you shall surely die. And then the devil came along, and he told them that the reason God forbade them from eating of the tree is because God didn't want them to be as wise as he is wise. The devil encouraged them to experience for themselves what it means to be like God, to be equal with God. And what was the result? We see the result. Not only do we see the result, but we're living the result. The result was sin, death, sickness, violence, sadness, hurricanes, tropical storms, wildfires, and every other evil that has befallen and continues to befall mankind. And so from all of this, we can see that the Lord God wanted to preserve and to protect Adam and Eve and every human being from the experience of evil. God, of course, knows evil as the omnipotent and the omniscient being. He knows about evil in an abstract way because he is all good. Just as a healthy physician, for example, knows about cancer. He knows what cancer is. He knows it is an evil, but he himself does not have cancer. And God, in the same way, of course, as the omnipotent and omniscient God, knew evil. He knew about it, but he wanted to preserve us from the full experience of evil. But what did we end up doing? We chose to follow the temptation of the devil and to experience evil for ourselves. And the result of that is that we became slaves to sin and all of the evil that now comes upon us as a result of sin and death and corruption. And today the devil and his demons continue to tempt us in the same way. Consider, for example, our beloved youth who are told to, for example, try something sinful, because after all, what's the big deal? Experience it for yourself, nothing is going to happen. Consider the happily married man who goes out and he gets drunk with his co-workers because he wants to see what it's like to live that life, to work a long day at work and then go and, 
and be with his co-workers and to just fit in and be like them. The devil is telling us the same thing he told Adam and Eve. Experience this for yourself. Try it just once and you will be the better because you tried it. You will be the better because you tried drugs or you practiced premarital sex or you did something very worldly. You'll be the better because at least now, even if you don't do ever again, you're going to be better because at least you tried it. But we know from the human condition that we are never better for trying sin. How many of us truly consider ourselves wiser because of all of the sins that we have committed, maybe in our youth, and we things that we don't even want to think about? Who among us would consider ourselves wiser because of these things? No, on the contrary, we our lives now are probably more tragic. I can't tell you how oftentimes I hear in confession someone saying, I wish never did that. I can't forget that I fell into that. The thought of the sin, this thing that I did, continues to haunt me. Did God really forgive me? That's a real fear that a lot of people have. And even sometimes, you see how wily the devil is, sometimes he'll take that fear and he will take it a step further and actually tempt us to think that God hasn't forgiven us. And then he'll cause us to abandon confession and abandon the church, and then our state becomes much, much worse. And so we need to be careful with this. We should never think that to live a good and a full life, we have to willingly experience evil. The Lord knows that there is a lot that we're going to experience regardless. That does not become a better physician if he is diagnosed with cancer. In fact, the diagnosis is going to weaken him and prevent him from helping others. And similarly, <clears throat> we don't learn how to be holy from throwing ourselves into sin, just as we don't learn to see better by becoming blind. The real way to deal with evil and to know evil is to reject it, to overcome it by the grace of God. This is what we are called to do. We are called to remain observers of evil and sin, but not willing participants. There are things we're going to fall into regardless, but at the same time, we have to strive to remain as far away from it as possible. And this is how we come to true knowledge and true wisdom. The more we experience sin, the less we know about it, just as a person cannot understand filthiness until he is made clean. And ignorance of evil helps us in another way as well. It places us within the reach of easy and, and, and gracious forgiveness. Who can forget the first words of our Savior on the cross? Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Why? For they know not what they do. Forgive them because they are ignorant of this evil. Father, forgive them. He gave them free forgiveness because they were ignorant and they knew not what they did. Our Savior forgave his executioners precisely because they were ignorant of the evil they committed. Had they known they were crucifying the Lord of glory, there would be no forgiveness. But since they were ignorant of the great evil they were committing, our Lord prayed for their forgiveness. And one cannot help but wonder whether our Savior learned this lesson or it was reinforced by his mother. 
his mother who said earlier, I know not a man, I know not evil, I am ignorant of evil. In both cases, they teach us that ignorance of evil is a blessing. And so, as we continue our journey in this world, when we have that, so to speak, FOMO, that fear of missing out, when we're tempted for whatever experiences the world has to offer, let us remember, sinful experiences I should say, let us remember the example of the Holy Theotokos, who teaches us that ignorance of evil is a good thing. And let us keep that beautiful, those beautiful words that she uttered for I know not a man and the way she lived her life, let us keep that in mind. And an easy way that we can do that is just by gazing at the icon of St. Mary. I don't know if you've ever really looked at the icon of St. Mary in an Orthodox church, but if you look at her and you look at where she's focusing her eyes, she's not looking exactly at Christ. She's not looking exactly at us. She seems kind of aloof in her gaze. She's not looking at anything material. She's not looking at anything worldly. She is a focused and pondering the great mystery that she is holding. The way she holds Christ in an Orthodox icon, she doesn't hug him as we would expect a mother to hug him very close, but at the same time, she's holding him and she's presenting him to the world. This is something that we can internalize when we think of her not knowing evil and instead meditating on Christ. This is the posture that we should all embrace as we gaze upon her pure and holy example. To our God being glory to the All-Holy Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto the age of all ages. Amen. Amen.